Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. It's time for the ride home on the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Bulos. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos. And this is an episode of The Ride Home. It's been a while. Haven't laid one of these down in quite a while. But uh, I feel like it was a interesting enough weekend with enough uh, funny stories to fill an episode. So that's where we're at. Uh, I'm currently driving home from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, I got the pleasure of working at uh, one of my favorite clubs in the country, Penguins Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, it uh, is snowing. The roads are shit. Uh, people are in the ditch. And uh, my first thought is, why not record a podcast? Because... You don't already have enough shit going on by keeping your car on the road. Might as well add in recording a podcast and trying to be witty. So, anywho. So, the the weekend started out interesting because uh, when I first got the booking, it was Friday, Saturday. And I just kind of made plans to leave Friday morning and, and get down to Penguins. And then I kind of forgot that uh, Friday morning you have to do TV and radio because normally what you do is on this week is you go Wednesday and you do the uh, Mississippi Moon Bar in Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, my my show there was absconded with by uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he sells a shit ton of tickets. Um, I'm sure it's an amazing, um, like, ride of storytelling. But uh, it's just like, I don't know what or why it would be classified as comedy. But, you know, I I just got, you know, because I opened for Mick Foley a while back and and it was such an interesting show to listen to, the behind the scenes of wrestling and stuff, um, some parts of it were funny, like, uh, I feel like his last story about The Undertaker is probably the funniest thing that he has in his show, uh, but mostly it's just behind the scenes stories, which the place was sold out, he did two shows, um, and, and people loved it, there was a line of people around, he was so popular, he literally had an autograph signing before and after the show because it like they were going to do two shows and they knew that uh, the line would be ridiculous after the show so they split it up just so they could get the next show in there that's how popular this guy is and you know I I don't want to offend Mick Foley but I feel like 
especially with my generation, that Jake the Snake Roberts is a little bit more popular than McFoley, but, you know, who's to say, you know, Jake had his, uh, that Netflix show with, uh, Diamond Dallas Page called Resurrection, I watched it, it was pretty, uh, interesting, like, brought up a lot of feelings for myself, because, um, you know, he's an addict, and he's trying to get over his demons, and, and the demons just keep winning over and over again, and, and you just root so hard for this guy, and, and you're like, oh, he turned over a new leaf, this is gonna be it, and then, you know, the next scene, they're, they're trying to find him at a bus stop, because he's scoring heroin, and you're like, oh my god, Jake, come on, let's get it together, but it's like, if you're an addict, like, you, you know, you know that feeling, like, I don't know how many times, uh, I said in a casino, like, the, this is it, um, I'm gonna give this up, and I'm gonna quit for the rest of my life, and, and then you leave, and, and like, a week later, you forget all about that conversation, and you're right back into it, you know, it's, it took many and many a tries for me to officially get over being addicted to gambling, and, and I wouldn't say I'm cured at this point, um, but the demons have, have definitely been silenced, um, I'm creeping up on a thousand days, uh, of me not gambling a penny of my own money on anything, so I, I feel like that's an amazing accomplishment for myself. But with that being said, I think it would be interesting to see what, you know, it would be funny if Jake, if Jake the Snake didn't tell stories at all, but just, like, actually tried to do stand-up comedy. Like, I don't even know what that would look like, you know. Be like, I was down at the bus station trying to get some heroin. And then this midget came and he threw me in the gutter. And then I woke up and I was like, where are my shoes? How, man, it's crazy, you know? Like he's got his own little catchphrase. I'm at Diamond Dallas Page's house. Or, you know, I'm doing uh, doing cocaine off a hooker in the downstairs bathroom. And somebody yells, DDT that bitch. Oh, it's crazy, you know? <laughs> I don't know what it would sound like. But, you know, all the best to him. Anyways, so I didn't have my Dubuque show. So basically what you do is you do Dubuque, and then they get you a hotel room on Thursday in Cedar Rapids. So you cruise over to Cedar Rapids, and you get up early for TV and radio. So I had to leave, like, at 9 o'clock um, Thursday so I could be there in the morning for TV and radio on Friday. Um and I made it there, it was kind of a rough drive down, there was a little bit of weather and stuff, but, uh, yeah, TV, morning TV is always such an interesting thing to me, like, the interview that I did this last Friday is on my Facebook page, um, it's on my regular and my comedian Facebook page if you want to take a look at it, but, it's so interesting to me because, um, I wrote my bio, like, years ago, and it kind of, you know, they said put some interesting things in your bio that people can hold on to, and when I was in my 20s, I did a a couple independent movies, um, 
Attack of the Killer Snow Cone Zombies, Joni Loves Furbies, Potluck. It was all these weird movies put on by friends of a friend, and, and we got like $20 to be in it and stuff. But, you know, obviously, Joni Loves Furbies, Attack of the Killer Snow Cone Zombies. These are funny titles, and I put them in my bio because I'm like, you know, it's something little people can hang on to. Not knowing that, like, every interview I do, everywhere I go, no matter if it's TV, radio, or over the phone, they always bring up Attack of the Killer Snow Cone Zombies and Joni Loves Furbies. It's just, like, an absolute given. Like, there's no leeway at all in there. It's going to come up at some point. Um, so this TV interview was, was you know, nothing different. And, and what's funny is I did the TV interview last year, the same thing. And they asked me, like, the exact same questions. And I didn't want to say anything to them. But if I, like, go and look up the video from last year, which is on my YouTube, I feel like it's going to be the exact same interview. But, you know, it worked. We had a bunch of butts in the seat, so whatever. Um... But it's just so odd doing that little morning TV, like, wake up Cedar Rapids type of thing, you know, it's, I don't know, it just seems like such a departure, like, we're comedians, we work at night, and here we are on these cutesy, like, uh, daytime talk show things, they're like, yeah, come down, comedy's fun, it's for everybody, you know, I'm not gonna talk about shoving my fist in a lady's ass at 12 o'clock, come on down, have some nachos and some mozzarella sticks, you know, but you got to do it, you know, it's just part of the job, um, and later in the day, I had to drive down to Iowa City and, uh, do radio with, uh, good friend Mark Pitts, Pitts and, Pitts and Pulos, that's what we had, and I like that one, because you actually, it's kind of like a long form type of thing. You get to be on there for quite a while. I think it's like almost an hour. They do some breaks and musical breaks and stuff, but um, it's it's pretty cool. Obviously, I do a podcast, so I like hearing the sound of my own voice. So if I get to do a radio thing that's kind of a longer thing than like the three-minute snippet at like the Hot 100 station or like... Uh, on the radio right now, we got Bob Pulos. Bob, you're pretty crazy. You got kids. What do you got to say about your kids? Uh, well, the kids are crazy. All right, he's crazy. He's down in the, the zany shop this weekend. Get your tickets out there. Bob Pulos, bye-bye. You know, it's like, when that shit happens, it drives me insane. Because it's like, you have to get up at like 6.30 in the morning and get your shit together. And drive yourself sometimes. Most of the time, they'll come and pick you up. And then you have to wait, like, 45 minutes in the lobby for them to bring you into the the radio thing. And you always get pushed back because you're just, like, not the most important thing on their show that day. And, and you finally get in there and, like, you know, there's usually three people on the morning show. And one of them's, like, in the toilet. And the other one's, like, looking up news stories on their laptop. So you're really only talking to, like, the one person and they obviously could care less that you're on their radio show. Some of them actually, um, some of the radio shows where they kind of feel like they're the talent on the show and they're the funny one, um, they get a little intimidated when the comic comes in and I feel like they kind of try to make it as awkward as possible. Um, but you know, it's, that's their thing. It's, I like the guys that are girls that bring you in and, and they kind of just make you a part of the morning show and, 
and I don't know, I seem like, I, I feel like it's a good thing to just kind of treat the comic like one of the people on the show, um, but, you know, they, they have their own thing, and they're probably threatened by it, and, and whatever, but, uh, yeah, the pitch show is really fun, it's, it's, uh, you know, he's a cool guy, he just doesn't force anything, you know, it's those, other radio interviews too where the, you're waiting to go in and they're like can you write down five lead-ins to some material that you'll do on the show and I'm like oh god so you're just like writing down and you have to like write it down from the point of view of like the radio guy like you can't write it from your point of view because then they get confused so you have to write it down like so I hear you just went to Las Vegas last week or um uh, you were you were saying you had to get up early, but that wasn't anything different, right? You got kids at home. It's like, oh God, yes. Surprise! I, I'm so surprised that you've asked me that question. Yes, I have children at home, and they're tiny, and they do funny things. You know, it's like, oh God. But it's just amazing to me, like how much that stuff helps ticket sales. But it does. You know, I've done clubs the last year where they don't do any kind of radio or TV or any kind of promotional stuff and you know their their numbers are really low because I'm just like a nobody unless somebody can see me on TV and hear me on the radio and and listen to my my voice and my cadence and the and the stuff that I'm talking about um, and they can hear me and they're like oh I like the I like this I like the cut of this guy's jib you know and then they buy a ticket and they come down to the comedy show. But if they're like sitting at home and throwing ideas across the kitchen table about what they want to do on Saturday and somebody brings up the comedy club and then they look up the comedy club on their phone and they see me and they're like, ah, I don't know who this guy is. Let's not do that. I mean, most people would argue like they'll go that final step and, and click on your video and watch you do your stand up. And that's how they make the decision. Well, I don't know. I feel like maybe at best, like 40% of the people that click on the website will actually take the time to watch the video. I feel like a lot of the decisions made when they see your picture on the website. And and let's be honest, my picture probably terrifies a lot of people. They're like, oh God, what's with this guy with his head and his face? Like, I don't want to go see this guy do comedy. Um, but yeah, we had some, we had some really good numbers. So Friday, um, and and December is like huge for Christmas parties and corporate parties and stuff. So Friday we had like a huge party in there of, uh, I can't remember what they did. I feel like it was, it was something that I didn't get what it was. So it's like one of these corporate companies that are like, backing up the infrastructure of like IBM systems or something like that and I'm like that sounds great you know and that show was good um there was a drunk lady in the corner that whole show and and she was the worst I started telling some kind of joke about um women and and something about women and the whole time I'm telling the joke she's over there going not me not me and after like three or four of those I was finally like I get it okay it's not you 
All right, I can hear you. You're right there. And she didn't really, you know, ease up. She was just wasted. And, you know, her friend, it turned out she had like a huge group of friends there and they were all talking about how she's the crazy one at work and she's always out drinking. And and so I saw this shirt that says drunk bitch on it. So they, they bought it for her and didn't tell her about it. So that was, that was kind of funny. Um, Saturday, I, you know, I didn't do much on Saturday. I just kind of enjoyed the fact that, uh, I had a little free time. So mostly what I did is I watched, uh, TNT was having a marathon of the Star Wars movies, uh, getting everybody ready for this weekend when Rogue One comes out, which is going to be kick-ass. Um, but what's funny is, if you watch Revenge of the Sith all the way through Return of the Jedi, um, or through The Force Awakens, you come to one startling conclusion, or at least I did, and that is, in the Star Wars universe, they love wiping out Jedi. (laughs) It's like their favorite thing in the world to do. It's like, you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know, Anakin is killing all the kids and, and any Jedi they can find, they're just wiping them all out. And then, uh, you know, in, in the, the Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, you know, they're killing a bunch of more Jedi. And then in The Force Awakens, you find out that, you know, Luke started a school and he was teaching everybody and then you know, Ben Solo turns evil, and he kills all the kids, and all, it's like, it's like, why do they even try, why are they even bothering, like, you know, at the end of this trilogy, if there's actual still Jedis around, I mean, someone's just gonna come along and kill them all again, so, I don't know why we're bothering trying to resurrect the Jedis, they're just gonna all be killed again. So I didn't do much on Saturday. I was trying to get ready. Saturday I had a pretty crazy schedule because I was uh, supposed to do the show at Penguins from eight to nine thirty, and then I was going to drive across town to do a corporate show for this uh, company and their Christmas party. And so uh, weather, we had the snowstorm come in. So the, the Penguin show got started really late. It was an amazing show. Had another drunk guy up front that show. And he was like, holy shit, he was wasted. And I finally, like, engaged him in, like, a little conversation because he was so loud and just, like, so crazy that I was trying to focus him up. I was like, I was like, hey, I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like... I'm having a great time, and I'm like, all right, sounds good, um, I said, are you, are you here celebrating anything with the people at your table, and like, nah, so we're going on on Saturday, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, I said, so what do you, what do you do, uh, for a job, and he's like, I'm a landscaper, I love it, I love horticulture, and then he goes, so here's a funny story, and I went, no, we're not doing that, that's not happening, like, I don't, I don't know who gave it to me, or who does it on a regular basis, but, like, it's, like, the greatest, uh, 
heckler shutdown of all time is you just hold your hand to your head like you're talking on the phone and you go, okay, I'm going to hang up now. I just think it's a fun little thing. It's really quick, you know, it's like you and the heckler were on a telephone call and you're like, all right, I'm going to hang up now. You know, it just makes everybody laugh and it gets you out of it real quick, you know, without being mean or whatever. But, uh, that show was amazing on Saturday. It started late. It pushed me back. And then I had to get to that corporate show across town. So I'm like racing there in the snowstorm. Almost drove my car off the road three or four times. And then of course, when I get there, um, I literally walked into the guy on stage making an announcement that I wasn't going to make it there. Um, cause I was extremely late. I felt so bad, but, uh, so he was like, Oh, he's here. So I guess we're doing this. And then he did my intro. It was a really weird intro. And, and then, um, they didn't have a mic stand. I just had to do comedy at the podium, which is always odd. And the table, like down to my right, they had like 40 beer bottles on their table and they were just wasted beyond belief. They're just yelling at me, incoherent stuff. And I'm just trying to power through it so I can just call it a day on this weekend. But, uh, it was, it was definitely a battle. Anybody that says corporate comedy is easy is, is, well, not doing it right or not doing the right shows, um, cause it's difficult sometimes and, and you don't like, I, I had to get over there. Like I was, the show was running so late that I was like freaking out. Cause if I don't show up, like I, they're probably going to cancel that check that they sent to me. And, and that's kind of shitty, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get it done so I could, you know, just relax and, and just call it a day on the weekend. And, um, I got finished. They said they had a good time, which sometimes means they did. And then sometimes they smile and shake your hand and tell you how good of a time you did. And then Monday morning they get on their laptops and they're like, clickety clack, clack, clack. This guy was the worst comic ever. He can't do comedy, this, that, and the other thing. And you're like, but you shook my hand and said I did good. Why would you go and clickety clack on your computer? You know, it's, the corporate world comedy, it's just, it's hard to ever know, you know, they're obviously not going to get into a, uh, a screaming match with you at their Christmas party, you know, they're going to come into work Monday, and the booker's going to be like, how did it go, and, you know, hopefully they'll say something nice, but, you know, you can never count on that, and, and that's what sucks sometimes, because, you know, corporate comedy, you know, there's one person that puts the thing together, and they are in contact with the boss and the HR department, so they decide on, like, what level the material can be and, and the rating and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes that just doesn't jive with, you know, the, the populace of the workforce, you know. They're usually blue-collar people that work 40 to 60 hours a week, and the Christmas party is when they get to let loose and do shots and get boozy and crazy and and obviously they're going to want a comedian that's like a comic from the comedy club and, you know, is going to talk about raunchy stuff and whatever, but, you know, it's, it's a business construct. They have to be wary of everybody's feelings and all that kind of stuff, but anyways, 
Um, I think it was a good weekend. I had a lot of fun. Cedar Rapids is always a good time, and and uh, thanks to all the people down at Penguins, they do such an amazing job there. If you're in Cedar Rapids or the surrounding areas, make sure you get out to a show down there. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts will be there, and Carlos Mencia, they get some, some good names in there. This week, um, if you're in the Wichita, Kansas area, I will be back at the Looney Bin Comedy Club. Um, really cool place. A lot of Christmas parties, a lot of corporates, I'm sure, that'll be in the audience. Um, and we get to go to the Pig In, Pig Out barbecue place, which is always a, a highlight of my year. Um, I'm also working with a good friend, uh, Antonio Aguilara. Um, we did a podcast together last time I was in Wichita, so we're going to plan on doing that again. Um, and to to this day, I think his podcast last year was the number one downloaded podcast, and I have no idea. He must just have a lot of family and friends, because um, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was greatest of the year good, but, you know, maybe he's just a lucky charm, so tune in for that. Uh, you can get this podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are. Check out largedrunkman.com for all my updated tour dates. I got some new dates on there with Michael Carbonaro. Um, going back to a lot of places, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, um, a lot of new places. Uh, so check it out. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in and, and tune in next time when we talk about who knows. 